Welcome, guys, to the Self-Evident Podcast. It is Sunday night. It is 7 p.m. I'm Mike. Yeah. I got masked off. Yeah. How are you guys doing? It is time. We're here. Massey's ready to go. He is fired up. That's right. He is so excited about LGBT Pride Month. LGBTQQTIAA Pride Month. Here we go. And I also love BLT sandwiches. Right? And we even have BLT sandwiches in here. Anyways, do not forget, this is Self-Evident Podcast. Go to theselfevidenttruth.com. Be sure to check us out on all of the major platforms. You got the tweeters. You got the facey spaces. You got the iPhones. You got the Spootifies. Whatever you want. You got the rumbles and the bit shoots and all of it. We're on all of it. Check us out. You hear that new platform, BitCute? <laughs> BitCute. Bit cute and a little bit of cute things go to rumble and bit cute (laughs) and go to that uh what is that porker porler porker Porker. (laughs) welcome to porker (laughs) don't go there i just i have a feeling that would not be a good site to invite your friends to come on share this podcast guys we've got a lot of things that are coming on one of the things that mike and i talked about last week i'm not i'm not going to take over because he's supposed to intro but one of the things that we talked about last week was this isn't it cu- funny, like, by June now, everybody goes to this pride mode, the rainbow thingy that God used to make sure that he, we, he wouldn't curse our land again like that? So, like, obviously, the, 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 the activists on the left, if you will, or the, the extreme, the radicals, whatever they're doing, are using the tactics God hates to promote their agenda, i.e. cursing what he created, using pride as one of them. All mm-hmm. these things, right? And so, but businesses are now extorting. I don't care what you tell me. They're extorting the, 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 the gay community. It's like Christmas. People don't really care about Christmas. They care about you spending at Christmas. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, we got our little rainbows on our things. Support us. See, we're supporting you. We're kowtowing to 3%, less than 3% of America at this point. We're kowtowing to less than 3% of America in our businesses, and they're extorting. Listen, you the, 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 who are gay, listen, I'm going to say this off the bat. I don't care. And why should we care who you sleep with? Are we going to have interracial marriage month? Because see what I'm saying? Like, this is crazy. This is crazy what we're doing. We're, we're, we're glorifying who you sleep with. We're it doesn't di- make any we're sense. We're diminishing who you are and, and boiling you down to purely who you sleep with. You, and that's, I've actually, I've had friend, friends, I've had conversations with friends who, who are gay. And they've, they've raised this concern of like, I don't feel like I fit in. On one side, all I am is who I sleep with. That's all they care about. That's all my identity is. But right? isn't that what it's turned into? It is. Isn't that what it's turned into? Guys, it's seriously, get online, share this video, share it with your friends, invite your friends to come on live. We want you guys to be a part of our show. We want you guys to talk. Uh, you, we want you guys to comment on here. So comment where you're from below right now. Uh, we'll give you guys a few seconds. Mike always does that. Mike, give him the seconds. All right. You ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Hot dog. Boom. Okay, you ready to go? Let's do this. We All got right. some. We got some. Uh, we got some fun things. Talk about fun things. Here we go. Slide number one. It is a parasitic pathology to be white. Just listen to this. <laughs> it's wrong to be white now. Mess. I was thinking about this before we even get into this. Um, and I mean this question honestly. Like, you're kind of sitting on the outside of watching this whole process. And this idea of whiteness is now becoming an irreversible, irreconcilable, original sin. And it's being compared to a virus. It's parasitic, as we'll get into. Like, 
what are your thoughts in watching this and seeing your friends like Richard and me all of a sudden get lumped in the lot? Yeah, yeah, being called a virus. Right, right. Blaming you guys, blaming your race, blaming this is like blaming a young Chinese person for Pearl Harbor to me. You know, blaming people's race for how people are reacting is so ridiculous. What you should be blaming is the sin of man. Uh, what we should be blaming is those. Actually, you know who we should be blaming? Because it's government. I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. Anybody with authority is creating this problem because they always think they know better than you. So what do we do? We put it on the white man. And isn't it funny? The one representing us right now as a president is a white man. Old white man. Old white man. Rich white man, too. Yeah. Right. So this dude's been in office for 40 some odd years. 30 years, 30 something 40 years. Something, is it yeah. 40 something? Yeah. Um, and he's talking about the problems in society that he was a part of, that they helped create all these things. And now we're saying it's the white man. No, it's government getting involved in people's lives. It's government trying to get involved in what we do as a society. It's government trying to tell people we're going to tax you to no end. It's government telling you churches don't have authority in their own house anymore. It's actually, let's be honest here. It's also too, let's the, the fault of the church for not standing up on principle. It's the church not getting involved in politics. It's the church not spreading the word love or allowing the world to tell us what love and hate is when Jesus clearly defined it. So it's not the white. It's our lack of responsibility to God. It's our lack of preaching the gospel. It's our lack of showing what love is in the communities. Now, people will say that's that's a prophecy. The prophecy was the love of many will wax cold in the last days because you wouldn't obey God. So here we are at this position trying to come back and say, look, I'm... I'm I'm Hispanic by descent, right? But I'm more white than Hispanic. I mean, dude, I, I hang around with white people. I speak Spanish. My parents are in town, actually. Uh, the ones who raised me, brought me up, taught me a good work ethic, all these things. But because of their skin color, that didn't make them automatically, you know, uh, minorities. My, my parents are American citizens. They always say, I'm American. I'm not a Mexican-American. I'm American. So we do this where white has created this label of hatred. And, uh, you know, white people listen to me very closely. You didn't choose your skin. None of that chose you. God created you in his image. And if you're truly out there trying to love people, you don't buy into what they're saying and you don't change for nothing. And the only reason you're going to fall into fear is because you don't trust the Lord. If you fall into fear, you don't trust the Lord fully. There's, you can't argue that. I don't care what scripture you throw at me. If you have fear in your life about this stuff, you don't trust the Lord with how he created you. You have an orphan spirit. And we need to take care of that tonight in Jesus name. Amen. And so to summarize, Massey has caught the whiteness virus. In other news, <laughs> I'm a part, I'm a, there's a parasite in me. You guys ever watch that movie Venom? No. You ever see that with the black no. stuff? Like oh, he gets a parasite. Tom Hardy movie? Yeah, it gets yeah. in him, you know, and also he turns like this black creature. And it's a parasite. <laughs> you turn white. <laughs> so let's go to slide one. Shut up. Oh, sorry. Offensive. I know. My bad. That's that's Guys, a like slur. and share the video. Like and share the video. Like and share the video. Hey, why don't you like and share? A research study in the Journal of American Psychoanalytic Association yes, psychos. Psychos, describes whiteness as a parasitic pathology with no cure. This was written by a Dr. Donald Moss. Um, he, he is a parasitic evil white man who is a faculty member of both the New York Psychoanalytic Institute and the San Francisco Center for Psychoanalysis. So he stated that white people have a particular susceptibility to the parasitic condition he claims that this renders its host's appetites voracious insatiable perverse and leads them to terrorize non-whites 
He states effective treatment. Now, listen to this because notice they come up with the problem of whiteness, but they never seem to really give you the true cure. He says, effective treatments consist of a combination of psychic and social historical interventions. Anyways, such interventions can reasonably aim only to reshape whiteness's infiltrated appetites, to reduce their intensity, redistribute their aims, and occasionally turn those aims toward the work of reparation. In other words, it's not really going to solve the problem. He adds that there is no guarantee against regression and there is not yet a permanent cure. He's talking about being white. He's talking about white culture. There is no cure for it. Now, we've talked about the CRT stuff, and, and we'll talk more about CRT stuff, actually, in the next, uh, the next segment. This is what's happening. If you're white, you're no longer considered another culture. You're considered evil incarnate. You have the original sin, but the problem is there's no forgiveness, there's no reconciliation, there's no repentance, right? There's groveling, there's guilt, there's shame, and there's giving up. Doesn't that sound rather evil in how it approaches a single group of people? All you got to do is replace the word whiteness with blackness. And all of a sudden, this becomes truly evil in how we discuss an entire group of people. And I, I know I'm just kind of pontificating and... and Re regurgitating what you've heard about this, but this stuff is now <laughs> in a psychoanalytic journal. This stuff is getting um, institutionalized. They've been arguing about institutional racism, racism for how many years now? They're institutionalizing racism. Exactly. This is So that's what we're trying to say. By abrogating racism, you're creating racism against other people. And the one they quote the most is Martin Luther King. And didn't he say evil against evil doesn't drive out? Was it? You can't drive out hate with hate. You can't drive out hate with only love only can do love. that. Yeah. yeah. And so here we are faced with racism in a reverse way. Look, white people. I know a lot of white people that are broke. I know yeah. a lot of white people that are in sin. I know a lot of white people that have murdered and committed gross atrocities. I know all these things, right? I know a lot of Mexicans that have and are. I know a lot of black people that are too and have. You ever notice the same functions are within us? You're looking at the color and you're doing exactly what they did back, back in the day in the 60s and the 40s and 50s. You're looking at, and for 400 years, we look at color and say, that is the problem. No, it's a sin of man thinking that they have something over you. And I will preach this till I'm blue in the face. Nowhere in scripture do you see the word racism. Do you know why? Because God called it pride and hatred. And we're labeling it now to single out each other. See what man does with sin? They now cherry pick it and say, your sin's greater than my sin, so therefore we're against you. So we're justifying sin on either side, and it's wrong. And the only reason that they're even saying your sin's worse than mine is because, guess what? Your sin got power. Your sin dominated. Um, and you know, he added there's no guarantee, there's not a permanent cure. And I put in the notes, there is actually a cure for whiteness. It's a bullet. It's a gulag. Well, you, the, no, the no, extreme no. I'm, side. I'm yes. dead serious. Yeah. Like, and, I get and where I'm you're not, going. I get where you're going. That's the acceptable cure that will end up happening. Guys, like and share the video. If, if you go down this road, and you can tell me I'm crazy, that's fine. In about five, ten years, you'll see the steps are being made towards it if this stuff continues to get institutionalized. 
you've seen this division before. You've seen it yeah. in the class warfare, especially in a Marxist regime. Because all of a sudden, if if you are not redeemable and you are a scourge to the earth, what's the most logical conclusion? We need to end it. We need to get rid of you. And if whiteness has no cure, what's the next logical step? Wipe it out. Exactly. Exactly. So, again, you... I don't care what color you are uh, because God never cared about that either. He came to die for us all. Um, So if you, if you're being shamed into hating who you are, there's therefore now no condemnation in any sense or form to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit Mm -hmm. verse two for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. So the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set me free from the law of sin and the law of death. And the more you let the world dictate that you're the one in the wrong just because of your color, you have now told God that what he created was wrong and imperfect. And you've, you've ascended yourself above the Lord, and the Lord will condemn that tongue. He always does. And guys, he's not, he's not a man that he should lie. And he'll never leave himself without witness, or he'll never leave himself guiltless or without guilt. God is so honoring to his word that he does that to people. So you who are Christians, do not hate who you are because God created you that way. Use who you are and your giftings to go love people and be the light of Christ. So let's move to slide two. And staying on the same vein, I don't know if you guys watched this, but it, it was it was really a mic drop moment. I don't know if if you go ahead if you've seen the video. Um, G Van Fleet was six years old when uh, the Cultural Revolution began in 1966 in China. Uh, this means she was stuck right in the middle of it in school. So she had recalled, and for what I'm talking about, she stood before a school board and gave a, gave a one-minute impassioned speech. And you really have to listen to it because there's a lot of people that are saying, that's not going to happen here. And somebody who lived through it is saying, this is all happening again. And she said, she recalled students and teachers being pitted against each other by posters hanging in the hallways in the cafeteria where students could write criticisms against anyone deemed ideologically impure. And you actually will see this on college campuses where you can write down racial incidents or, or how somebody's affected you, that kind of thing. You've got boards, you you know, online boards. You've got uh, bias groups that are on the lookout and point the finger at anybody who they think has committed bias. And she said... I've been very alarmed by what's going on in our schools. You are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. She continued, growing up in Mao's China, all of this seems very familiar. The communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. During the Cultural Revolution, I witnessed students and teachers turn against her, each other. We changed school names to be politically correct. She calls one of the teachers was considered bourgeoisie because she liked to wear pretty clothes. The class warfare caused students to spit on the teacher. She was covered with spit, and pretty soon it became violence. What in the world, dude? She continued, we were taught to denounce our heritage. The Red Guards destroyed anything that is not communist, statues, books, and anything else. We were also encouraged to report on each other just like the student equity ambassador program and the bias reporting system, which has been getting set up in schools. 
She continued, this is indeed the American version of the Chinese communist cultural revolution. The critical race theory has its roots in cultural Marxism. It should have no place in our schools. I just want Americans to know that their privilege is to be here living in America. That is just the biggest privilege, she had told Fox News. I do not think a lot of people understand. They're thinking they're doing the right thing. Be against racism sounds really good, but they are basically breaking the system that is against racism. We were asked to report if we hear anything about someone saying anything showing that there's a lack of complete loyalty to Mao. There were people reporting their parents and their parents ended up in jail. To me and to a lot of Chinese, it is heartbreaking that we escaped communism and now we experience communism. here. You know what's crazy is um, we were going through the airport yesterday. Um, and this is an odd story because I hate going through the airport. There's nothing worse to me than oppression. And, I, and, and Carrie noticed it before I noticed it. I get a really bad attitude when people point their finger in my face and tell me what to do. And uh, so, so I'm walking through the airport. I didn't have my mask on. And I got up to the TSA agent <laughs> that was checking us in. He goes, you need a mask on. I'm like, okay. So I went away. He goes, you need a mask on. I was like, okay. And he goes, I need you to put it on now. I'm like, dude, I ain't killing nobody. Leave me alone for a minute. You know what I mean? And I'm about to put my bags in the stuff. And he just looked at me on the side. I'm like, what? And he turned away. I wasn't trying to be mad at him. That was not my point. My point was this oppression is bothering me that people now have conformed. Let me, let me just say this because you'll understand communism when I say this this way. Wasn't it a foreign enemy that attacked us? Now, some of you believe the government did it. I kind of feel on that same line. But bottom line is those Twin Towers were attacked by someone who was foreign. A foreigner came in, hijacked a plane, blah, blah, blah. We had the towers go down. Okay, listen. Why are they hurting us, the American people, and not the foreigners? Why was it turned on the American people that we're the ones now in the wrong and we're guilty till proven innocent? This is how communism works. An outside invader comes in, guess who gets oppressed? We do, the people. Second, didn't the virus come from Wuhan, China? Why were the American people oppressed then and why are we still being oppressed? Why are we being told if you don't wear a mask in the airport, you can get $30,000 fine and end up in jail? They say it's federal law when it's not federal law because Congress is the only one that can make law. The CDC has no authority to make law, so therefore they don't have any authority or power like that. Why are they? And the people blindly believe it. We're on the airport. Uh, the stewardess said, well, you got to blame our president. He's the one who made the law. That's how ignorant people are. And these people lead in certain, certain scenarios. But if you notice, things that are done by foreigners are now turned against the American people as we're the ones guilty till proven innocent. Why? That's communism. Right there. Let's shut people down. And the only way you can do that is attack them. If you attack them and you attack where they're from, you attack who they are, you attack their God, you attack their belief system. If you can do that for so long, you finally browbeat them until they're nothing, you control them. Because at that point, then they're done. And that's what this lady was talking about, especially of attacking the old heritage. And so Mao had the four olds. What was it? Old, old traditions, old customs, old ideas. Um, and there was one other. If you guys want, if you remember the four olds or you look it up, go ahead and post it. Um, but that was the idea was we attack the, the entire structure, the entire foundation, tear it apart. So that way we can build something else up. And what's going on right now is we're watching this in our schools. We're watching this in our culture, in our environment, uh, in our entertainment. Stuff is getting torn apart. You look at the 1619 Project. It tears apart the history of the American founding and tries to insert lies into that of America's not good. That's right. We need to tear it all down. <clears throat> so for the last 170 years or so, can I take you through a little history? 
when the whole American education system was taking over little by little, piece by piece, right? We started leaving God. And I just saw on Facebook, one of my, one of my uh, Facebook friends was questioned why churches don't pay taxes. So in other words, now they're just questioning everything about, and here's what they use, the same argument they use for abortion. Because there's pastors out there that have multiple houses and cars, and a lot of their people and their congregations are on bread lines. What church are you talking about? That their church, their church people are on bread lines? Bread, li- bread lines don't exist! What are you talking about? So they use this extreme scenario. And yes, I'm frustrated about it because they do this crap with abortion where they say, well, what about rape and incest, which is less than 1% of all abortions committed. And do you know why they do that? Because they've learned talking points from your favorite media sources, or your non-favorite media sources, and they don't do the research themselves. And unfortunately, the conservatives have taken the same route, the same route. And here's why. Because we'll say we know what's wrong in oppression. We'll say we know guys like Saul Alinsky, but we've never read his book, Rules for Radicals. We never understand what the enemy is doing. We never have experienced spiritual warfare. So we go try to go do spiritual warfare, and we get beat down, and then we end up in fear because we've never experienced this before. Never gone to the Lord in in truth. And so for the last 170 years, an education system has been destroying America and its values and its foundation. And we find the worst about the founding fathers. And some of it fabricated. We find the worst about them and say, see how bad and oppressive America is? It started off as genocidal. You tell me one country that has started without a war. Can you tell me one country that has started without a takeover? How come we don't say that about Genghis Khan or England? Why don't we say that about China, for God's sake? How come we're not condemning China for their origins or the Norse? The Vikings, they, dude, they were conquesting, man. They weren't very successful, but they were conquesting. Africa, the Muslim community took over Africa, y'all. And we don't condemn the Muslims for how they do things. And notice how they're systemically destroying liberty. Do you know why? Because the foundations of our country were founded on the Christian values. And when you can destroy its Christian values and its basis, you can destroy its belief in God. If you can do that, you can make them submit to man. Because man now has the authority because of the weapon. And you know why people submit to man? Because they have fear. And fear has been destroying us. And look, you know, let me tell you this. During COVID and the pandemic, churches closed down because of fear for a lot of them. Now they're opening up back up to be vaccination centers for people. So instead of believing their God for healing, now we'll do man's method. We'll do it man's way. Cursed is the man that trusts in the arm of the flesh, the Bible says. Cursed is the man that trusts in the arm of the flesh. I'm sorry, guys. There's no other way around it anymore. And I'm not sorry because it's scripture. Let's go ahead and get to the main topic. And so we're we're in Pride Month, right? June is Pride Month, which is annoying to me because my birthday's in June. It's like I don't (laughs) I don't want to share. You guys maybe have noticed the rainbow logos. Um, I don't tend to see them because I'm not paying attention to a whole lot of media. Uh, but sure enough, I'm, I'm reading articles on the subject. I'm doing the research. And what do I see? An advertisement for Discovery popped up and Discovery has a little rainbow logo. And you look at pictures, you know, maybe we've got, uh, let's go ahead and pop up just real quick slide number four. Go ahead and show that. So these are different business logos that change themselves for June. Look at that. I mean, that's, isn't that beautiful? right there? Yeah. Pandering. And they don't even realize they're cursing themselves by doing that. Exactly. Which I, I really want to get to that side because you, you gave a, a good little taste 
of of the religious. I'm glad the, I the could do your proud consequences. Son. I'm glad I could do you proud. No, you Mike. do. My my whole thing is I want to make you proud, buddy, of me. <laughs> I want to use that pride. I want you to be proud of me. Are you proud of me, Mike? I'm very proud of you. you Are you proud be. of me? Sometimes. I'm kidding. No, I'm totally proud of you, bro. Richard, you Guys, want to come I want in you on to this? Know, I want go, you to know. I'll go home. Mike's now coming fully on with self-evident here. <laughs> in, in a couple. happening. This is finally happening. Mike is coming on board. So listen, that's going to take some dough. We need you to support us. <laughs> it's a good segue right now. Hey, we need your support. We're going to do a matching grant here pretty soon by the grace of God. But guys, we have a torchbearer society that you can be a part of. Want to be a monthly sponsor? I don't care if it's 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 30, 40, 50, 100, whatever a month. You guys are building the foundation of our ministry for us to go out there. We just were gone for half a day, actually a full day in Ohio. We got to minister to people and bring the glory of God to that place. Also talking about American history and values. You want to support our ministry to help us get guys like this on so he can go travel too? We need your support. So go online. These self-evident truth. I just left the link down there below. Um, and support us. Support our work. Become a monthly sponsor. It's called the Torchbearer Society. We'll send you some cool stuff when you guys sign up. All right. History. Do you like that? That was I like good. that. That was that good. Was, that was sweet. That was smooth. So you may or donate. Wondered, or donate. Yeah. Whatever you want. Sorry. Just send us your car. We'll take your car. Uh, Pride Month. Where did it come from? How did it happen? I'm going to give you a quick rundown of the history. So on June 28th, 1969, Officers from New York City's Public Morals Division raided the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village. This this bar, this tavern, was known as a gay bar. These raids were typical. They would do it for vice, gambling, prostitution, narcotics, and homosexuality. And on June 28th, the patrons of the bar fought back. Um and it didn't just end there. More people ended up joining in the fight. You ended up having hundreds who fought arrest in the police. They rioted. They broke windows, set cars on fire. They ended up injuring three officers. The police naturally. Ended, naturally. The police ended up barricading themselves in the Stonewall Inn. Even the tactical patrol got run out of the area. The next night, thousands came to riot and protest. Protests lasted six days, and there was a bunch of media coverage on this thing. And it went national. So the next year, they had an anniversary demonstration that happened in New York, Chicago, L.A., and San Francisco. In San Francisco and L.A., they became known as the Gay Freedom Marches. It was also called Gay Freedom Day. Chicago had Gay Pride Week. So these parades, they mixed politics. They mixed celebration, activism. In the 1980s, some less radical activists took hold of the committees. They dropped the freedom and liberation titles. They replaced it with gay pride and they started making it mainstream. So they've grown to hundreds of thousands, millions. And in 2009, President Obama declared June as LGBT Pride Month. So that's our history of, of how this started. And so the LGBT group has has really been a vocal segment, right? They've, they've, they've really pushed activism and, and fought hard to get what they feel they, they deserve as equality, right? I'm not making a commentary on this. You know, they felt they needed equality and that they didn't have it, so they fought hard for it. They used to have like an outsider status. They used to be considered the fringe, un unaccepted by society, and they've really kind of tried to take continued to take hold of that and activist marketing. So I'm going to make a jump, but we'll bring it together. Activist marketing that began in about the eighties with a climate movement. So Chevron, they launched an advertising campaign about their green credentials. 
and there was a good positive response. So they became known as the most trusted oil company. Well, of course, what did other companies do? They said, oh, I like that idea. If, if I become a little bit activist, if I show how good we are, people will trust us. They'll like us. And so the LGBT movement latched onto this. They even created their own corporate equality index. They were rating companies' friendliness to their movement. And, they, and it really became this relationship of, hey, we'll rate you well if you treat us well. If, if you show commercials, if, if you show promotion of us, we'll, we'll rate you well. We'll rate you high. <clears throat> yeah, your, your, uh, your, your sites and everything like that will go increase, all that stuff. Promises. So, so this encouraged the companies to pander to them. And it, it became this cycle of virtue signal and acceptance. And now you even have marketing firms and marketers that make their mission to cater to LGBT. There's um, Jen T. Grace, uh, who gives insight on how to better target this group of consumers. Her job is to teach you how to market better to LGBT. Now, I understand that from just a marketing point of view. It's yep. like, okay, go after a target market. Right. It, it makes sense. But at the same time... <clears throat> I'm a little bit frustrated for LGBT. It's like, so they're going to market to you just because of who you sleep with. Exactly. So they're extorting, right? So there's some, there's some points here. Notice what's happening. Again, you forsake the Lord. You got to do what it takes to succeed and survive and all these things. You know, read Genesis 9. Why did God create the rainbow? Why was the earth destroyed in the first place? Because wickedness was all over the land. Wickedness was all over the land. So then right when God destroys it, they land the boat, all these other things, right? Rainbow in the sky, whole nine yards, right? But he says to them, go be fruitful and multiply. How are you going to do that when you're gay? Can't do it. And think about, right? think about, so the rainbow is a signal of, I will never flood the earth again. Because I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting go there. No, I, want no, you to I, ping, want... <laughs> I want you to ping pong with me here because I know you're going to drive the line yeah. that I'm going to drive here. So God creates a rainbow saying, I promise I will never flood the earth like that again and destroy it. And why did he originally destroy it? Sin. Exactly. So sin has taken a hold. Now, check this out. This is even greater. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God, Jesus said to Satan. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. What are you doing? So now they're using a rainbow symbol, almost telling God, you promised you wouldn't destroy us anyways. Exactly. So we're going to take your symbol because guess what? And it, I don't... And dude, it's seriously spitting in the face of God. And I, I truly do not believe, and I was reading an article about the, the guy who created it, and I truly do not believe he thought, I'm going to spit in the face of the Christian God by using this rainbow. I, I truly believe that was not the intention when it caught on. But there's, there's a spiritual agenda to things where human beings don't realize what they're doing. And, and they can do some spiritually significant things having no clue what they're doing. And I truly believe it was Satan that... that moved that forward and and spit in god's eye of like ha you said you were never going to flood the earth again for sin well i'm going to take that symbol of that covenant and put it and promote it as sin exactly exactly now this is even crazier so then they begin to condemn the law of god and his word to say well it doesn't really mean that sexuality is normal go ahead and explore it so all these people are now coming out shouldn't say all the very few that are coming out they're saying well i've been pondering this for a while and now i'm gay so i'm not going to use these pronouns i'm going to do these pronouns because now i'm binary non-binary whatever you want to call it right well whatever you put your mind to is what you become so if you keep pondering these things it eventually becomes a, a truth uh so to you right 
So then they go through this whole process. We condemn God. We hate his law. All the while, government is growing in their authority, in their law, oppressing the people by giving them what they want, promising them freedom. They give them slavery. You see what I'm saying? So this whole time, this, this, this is a ruse. And the only power and entity, to entity that grows through sin is government, external government. Because if we were internally governed, we wouldn't need an external government telling us what to do. And do you notice government always promises vice? the more it grows. Exactly. Government will promise you vice and try to take away virtue from you. Well, and then to top it off, there's a comment that just came up here that uh, the LGBTQ is, is, is targeting kids now. They've always been targeting kids. Which, and we'll, I'm, get, I'm not, we'll get to that I'm too. Not, yeah, I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not taking away from what you said, but you can only normalize things for so long because for a long time, I remember back in 2015 when the whole gay thing was being voted on by the Supreme Court, which they never should have been involved to read Article 3, Section 2. That never should have been their case to take anyway, right? But they did. So we said from the beginning, they're going to target kids because at what point do you stop? Because that's exactly what it is. So I'm telling you, pedophilia is going to every time. No, it's not. That's not what we want. See, you're going to the extreme. Now, you can go get a sex change if you want to. As a kid, you can go get abortions without parental consent anymore. You don't have to tell your parents anymore what kind of sexual orientation. The schools can know. Funny how the schools, the government entities can know, but not your parents. So who's become your daddy? Yeah. And who's paying for it? You are. You see what's happening? They're oppressing your kids, right? Pull them out of public schools. I'm going to tell you something. Parents, if you got kids in public school, do what you can to pull them out. Because that it's, it's rive, riddled with corruption. Unless you want to get involved in your local city uh, uh, school board and turn that thing around, praise God. But if you're not, do everything you can to pull them out and teach them yourselves. Because, guys, I'm telling you, God will do more through you than a school, school system can. Just my, just my two cents. But now we're turning kids over. They're becoming the prey to the predator. Because it's happening. We just don't hear about it because they're not going to report on that stuff. We're, we're leaving them in the mouths of wolves for five days a week for eight hours each day. And to get back to the symbolism thing, notice the word pride. What caused Satan to fall? Pride. And now the word pride is being lifted up. It's, it's not just LGBT month. It's pride month. It's pride parades. That word has significance. And you match that word with the rainbow... There's there's a reason that word is being used. Yeah. And this virtue signaling, this this mixing in this promotion is happening. So I've got a list, you know. So you had you had a sandwich company in England claiming an LGBT sandwich. There's lettuce, gay guacamole, bacon and tomato. Tell me that's not pandering. You got Nabisco's This Is Wholesome campaign, include a gay family. You've got Nickelodeon, their promotion of drag queens, transgender lifestyle, alternative sexualities, which we'll get to more. The co-op and their gender-neutral gingerbread person. Adidas sells rainbow merch in a pride collection. Man. Major retailers sell rainbow merch like fanny packs and sequin caps. Man, I would be so offended if I were gay. It's like, that that's all I am to you are fanny packs and sequin <laughs> caps. <laughs> right? YouTube brands and social media channels <laughs> with rainbows. This this is called rainbow washing. There's actually a term for it. And they these companies, they change their logos to rainbows for the month. They highlight LGBTQ members. They, Straight extortion. Dude. Oh, dude, they use models and ads that represent diversity. They hang rainbow banners and flags. They have employees marching in parades. It's this 
it's this whole movement of let us show you how woke we are. And woke. It's it's even created this question in the gay community of should we have standards about whether or not a company is allowed to have the rainbow flag? So all of a sudden now they're talking about you have to fit our standards before we'll even let you change your logo into a rainbow flag. There's this this back and forth that's going on of hey, we're going to be the segment of culture that determines how things go. You've got um Nickelodeon. I want to get into this. I'm going to skip the other stuff. So let's go to the last slide. So Gay Pride Month, this has an explosion of propaganda for children. So if you look at Nickelodeon, they're featuring drag queens on kids shows intended for two to two to ten. PBS had a children's show called Let's Learn, which featured a drag queen named Little Miss Hot Mess. Talked about having future drag queens and training on our hands. Because there, there's the standard. The hot mess is the standard. Yeah. I even hated it when moms were doing. No, seriously. Good point. I hated it when moms on Instagram. I get what you're doing. Okay. We don't want to shame women into thinking you have to have your house clean every. I get it. I understand. But your standard is now. It's cool to be a hot mess. I hate that not term. excellence. I not hey, I want to be above the world. Hey, I want to do this. Like it'd be just like men saying, you know, it's okay to be lazy. When we all. For the yeah. most part, any man would condemn laziness. Well, that's Such a, a worth lazy his dog. You know, like, I'm not saying you're not going to have bad days or days where you're just like, look, I need a break. That's cool. But to glorify the fact that you're a hot mess, almost, the Bible says to approve things that are excellent is what I'm saying. So be careful what you say with your mouth. Be careful. I'm not, that's not a standard. It's not a law. I'm not saying you're in sin or anything. I'm just saying, be careful what your standards are. Get yourself up there. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, what do you want? What example do you want me to be for my children? You want your boys to know you've been a hot mess your whole life and that you're going to wear shirts? I'm a hot mess. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why not glorify the standard of God? That's just me. I don't know. You, no, I agree with you because. Do we, I sound we, like a Pentecostal? Yeah, a little bit. Maybe. No, nah, more Baptist there. You're Baptocostal. We, we've lowered our standards and then we celebrate the lowering of the standards. And if you notice throughout our culture we've we've really done away with the idea of trying to uphold standards because guess what that offends people who don't reach it yeah so now we're lowering our military standards we're lowering our our test standards we're lowering yeah, dude. our conduct standards yeah you know what glorify rest hey we need to rest as moms you know we need to do as dads you know you need to spend time with your kids right don't glorify the fact that you're a deadbeat dad yeah. you know what i mean or Homer Simpson's our standard. You know what I mean? For years, the show ran, and Homer Simpson was the guy that everybody like, oh, it's just a dad. And notice most movies today portray a single mom with a kid, no longer a dad anymore in the family, right? So they're yeah. just destroying the social norms of, of family, what God had created, right? God created us to be Superman, like men. I'm talking about men as fathers, that my kids would see me as a superhero because I'm a representation of God on earth. How I represent the Lord is how they'll see the Lord, right? Women, you guys are amazing for what you guys can. I mean, my wife is amazing. And what she does for the ministry and our boys. And now we're homeschooling the kids next year. Because, I mean, again, you guys know they were in a school with homeschool curriculum. Now we're going to do it at home because I travel and I want them to be with me. And I just want to be home with them. Right. So we're homeschooling the boys. My wife is amazing. I never look at her and say, well, I'm so glad you're a hot mess. You know what I mean? It just you want to glorify what's good in them and speak life into what's good in them. You want to speak life into what's good about your husband. Right. Instead of saying, oh, he's always this or he's always that. Well, if you keep saying that, he's always going to be glorify what God put in the man. You know what I mean? And we're replacing desire or we're, we're replacing virtue with desire. I don't know how I got on that topic, I, but no, just, it's, it's the little hot mess thing, which 
you're right because what's happening is we're we're taking something and, and we're deciding that the desire, the pleasure, the the fulfillment of thoughts is more important than the standard of virtue. And what I mean by that is we're no longer allowed to say that there's there's a disorder in terms of transgenderism or gender dysmorphia. Now, all of a sudden, what we're saying is, no, that's how they feel. So we have to indulge Ex that. Thank you. We have you. to accept that. Thank you. So in, in instead of holding a standard of saying, this is what the standard is, and we need to help somebody come up to the standard, help somebody come aligned to the standard, and, and what doesn't fit that, hey, we should pay attention to, why not? We're changing that around and saying, well, there are no standards. Whatever it is, is right. And then we support that and we celebrate that and we teach it to our kids. Dude, totally. We, we're showing our kids. Totally. So this little Miss Hot Mess even talked about having future drag queens in training on our hands. AKA, if you feel like it, if you desire it, go for it. They've already chosen your kids are going to be. Yeah. By that statement. Oh, we're going to make sure that they are, basically. And this is this has really moved into the schools, right? It, I know we sound like those crazy conservatives that yeah, are just hitting this line, but saw, it's I, true. I saw this on social media. You you know what the difference between a person who is a thinker and a, what is a conspiracy theorist and a person who's not six to nine months? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like all of a sudden, everybody, dude, we 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 were critical of Trump, yeah, right. We we were because he's president and we love the law. And, and, and we have to hold him accountable because we love him and we love the position, right? We, we yeah. honor the position. But he was right. <laughs> the hydroxychloroquine yeah. worked. I, I he was right about Wuhan. He was right about... Right after right after right after right. He, he, I love that he's getting proven right every time. We weren't against him, folks. No. We were just we were holding his feet to the fire like we all should. And a lot of that stuff that he's coming out as right, we agreed with him. Totally. It, it was it was certain policy movements that he made that we didn't agree with. But him saying, hey, I think it came from Wuhan lab, we agreed with. Him saying hydroxychloroquine, we think, you know, I think it, it could do something good. We agreed with him, you know, and, and the border and all of that. Anyways, so one parent, Tatiana Ibrahim in New York, said in a school board meeting, stop teaching our children that if they don't agree with the LGBT community that they're homophobic. The parents are rising up, which I, I love. You're seeing more and more news about school board exactly, meetings where dude. parents are standing up and fighting CRT. Yeah, dude. They're fighting the Pride and BLM stuff. Yep. Keep doing it. I want news every single day of parents around the country standing up in their school boards. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I'd say we probably have one of the better governors in the union. Um, you know, just because yeah. of what he's doing and what he's standing for. But at the same time, he shouldn't be stroking with a pen. It should be the parents going to the school board saying, we're not teaching this in my school. Yeah. We're not doing this in our community. We're not doing, you know what I mean? So I'm glad he's doing it. There's no question. And I'm not condemning that at all. I'm saying parents and, and, and adults and citizens of our community don't do this. Don't allow it. Let us, uh, let, how do I say this? Make sure that you're the voice that you want to be. Don't let someone else dictate your voice. So because you'll get someone in there who says, yeah, I totally agree with you, but they really don't. So let's continue with this. There's, a, there's, there's this exposition and explosion of what's going on with the LGBT community. The LGBT community should not even be labeled. Do you guys notice that the word minority is thrown around a lot? So like Hispanic American, African American, uh, Latin American, Asian American. Guys, if we're all citizens, aren't we just American? And the more you say the minority, don't you just single them out as a class? And that's called class warfare, which is socialism and communism, which is a tactic of Solinsky, which is a tactic 
of the far radical left. That's what they do is try to divide and subdivide into classes and do this class warfare type stuff. What we're talking about here is this. If you cannot see what is going on, it's because you have not studied history. History tends to repeat itself and it's always done it and will continue to do it until we start to realize, hey, it's on us. And I was telling my wife this yesterday when we were going through the airport. At what point do I say enough's enough, right? At what point do I say, hey, this is wrong now? At what point do I say, dude, this is, it doesn't matter if I get arrested, I have to do this. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't mind standing up to TSA. I do it quite frequently. Matter of fact, I wear these shirts just to make sure that they know this is socialism and communism. I don't even like to fly in a plane. You know what? So you guys should donate to my jet fund because we need a jet because I don't want to go through the TSA. I'm playing, we'll, we'll dude. Start I'm totally playing. Lord, okay. please give me the 747. Yeah. <laughs> so in conclusion on this, I, and we've got some time and I, I want to, he and I had talked about doing a new segment and I really want to get to that segment tonight. And and I think I'm going to title it like Life Lessons. And we're, we're just going to- Life gonna, Lessons. We're, we're going to talk about stuff that we're going That's through. That's cute. But in conclusion on this LGBT marketing stuff. To conclude to our conclude, discourse. Uh, we're talking about. Hey, just comment down below. Did you guys learn something for today? Because I like yeah. it. If we're teaching we something, teach we want something? you guys to learn. My camera's acting really stupid, isn't it? Yeah. See that? It's like doing this really weird grainy thing. Like, I'm not of this dimension. So we just won't use Massey's camera. We'll use See mine. that? I can go into mics. Hey, that's my camera. Spirit fingers. Yeah. So in conclusion, when when we're talking about this Pride Month stuff, we're talking about the marketing thing, it, it honestly comes to the point where it's like, I don't like being pandered to. So I don't want you to be pandered to. I don't want to be pandered to because I'm a Christian. I really don't want a company that's right? flashing how Christian they are because I don't know if I trust that you're actually Christian or you're just doing it because, hey, that'll sell to people because they think they can trust me. And I know companies that do it. There are companies here locally Bro. who ownership flashes it all over. Yet ownership, I know for a fact, is not living the Christian lifestyle. Yeah. And then you know who else does it? Big box stores like they're doing right now when Christmas comes around. Oh my gosh, oh, Merry yeah, Christmas. Christmas. Oh my gosh, nativity scenes. Oh my gosh, they're exploiting, exploiting all that stuff. Guys, and then you get mad it's a at joke. you get mad at Starbucks when they take Christmas off their cups. I don't care about you. <laughs> putting it Christmas, on Starbucks hey. because I know in the same breath you're supporting the LGBT movement you're supporting the transgender yeah, movement you're they're supporting catering all of to it. you they're extorting you yeah anyways you ready for life lessons life lessons life lessons so I'm gonna ask you this Massey and and if you don't have anything I've got something what's something that the Lord's been teaching you you've been learning this week it's easy um I think what I've been learning this week is not to trust in my own flesh, not to trust, which is weird because I've been doing this for so long. You would think after a while, you know, am I supposed to look at that one? Cause that was messy. So I think after a while you start to realize, um, even faith can be a routine and allow me to explain that we go out on tour. I've done this so many times. We're not promised anything. I just know the Lord's going to come through. So I don't even think about it anymore. I just know he's going to come through for us. He's going to bless the ministry. He's going to do what he but in that, I think I kind of lose, like, Lord, I remember when I first started with this, I would be just on, on my knees all the time about yeah. Lord. And now I, I get it. I, I, you learn how to trust the Lord more. You learn how to do certain things better. You know, you learn to be more efficient. But I think, especially yesterday and the day before, it taught me that nothing is in my control. Nothing that I do is in my control. If he wants it to happen, he's going to make it happen. 
if I think this is a great plan, this is going to happen and it doesn't happen, it's because he didn't want it to happen. And therefore, if I'm just listening to him first instead of going with my gut, because I don't think that's always bad because he gave you a brain. But I think uh, running this ministry for almost seven years now, being a pastor at a church and uh, having my boys and, and my beautiful wife and all these things, the more I'm realizing that there's nothing that I can control except my attitude and, and being a steward of what he gave me. And it's, that's all I can control. It's so easy to forget to trust the Lord or seek the Lord in decisions. Yeah. Right? Can, can, so if I can be blunt, let's yeah, just let's just go with yeah, this for a minute. Yeah. I like being honest with you guys. I'm very transparent when I preach. I'm very transparent about what I deal with or struggle with or whatever. Um, <clears throat> I struggle a lot with, Lord, was that you or me? Because I'm, I'm an ambitious dude. Like if I see a problem out there like abortion, I want to go attack it. That's not wrong. Because I know inside there's a natural justice in my heart that God put in me by the Holy Spirit to stop evil. To go, uh, what does the Bible say? Revenge all forms of disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Once I became a Christian, I'm ready to go revenge against all forms of disobedience. I'm ready to go and attack the enemy. I'm, that's what I'm called to do. I feel like that's what the mandate God put on me. But yet I can get so caught up in trying to do that where it's like, Lord, did you want me in the secret place first, though, instead of going do that? You know what I mean? Could you have accomplished in one year what took me 10 to do? Or seven, Ooh, that's Could, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I struggle with this internal struggle sometimes. Is this me or is this you? Is this me or is this you? And I think uh, just being blatant and, and transparent, when I fail, I, I end up condemning myself if, if something goes wrong because I trust it in my own arm. And guys, this doesn't get easier. It, it, no. You know, over time, I think it does. But like this just because of the corruption that's been happening in our country for so long, I feel like, Lord, come on, you know, get us out there. I'm, I, I don't care. Put me on CNN. Let's go do this thing, you know. And I don't care if I do or not. I don't ever. I don't ever want to be on Fox or whatever. I don't care about. We that just stuff. want to fight. We just want to fight. We want to go out there, Lord, and defend who you are. And He's saying, "I will defend me. You go preach the gospel." And, and I think that's where I've messed up a lot, honestly. And I think because we tend to take it on as like the mandate or the drive, right? So, Ooh. so sharing the gospel, loving people, or or fighting injustice, fighting sin and wickedness, but we forget about the Lord and the whole thing. And, and like pastor Todd was talking about this morning, like there was a point where the apostles were told you're not allowed to go in this area right now. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, yeah. And, and in the book, of Acts. there would be Christians who would say, well, that can't be right because I'm supposed to go share the gospel with everybody. So there's, there's no law against that yet. The Holy spirit was saying, you're not allowed to go there right now. You've got to go here. Yeah. And that's because the Lord's doing things. And I think sometimes we we forget that just because we have something on our heart doesn't mean we've got a mandate to just Lord. run wild with it. You know? and, and I think, and I, too, I go through that same thing. Yeah, too. it's like, you know, King David could have easily destroyed every nation he wanted to, but he had to listen to the Lord, you know, and it's like I'm looking at a king that's who good. literally had the favor of God on his life to do crazy stuff. Right. But even he had the prophets around him to warn him. Even he had to submit to the things of God. And when he didn't, and he got away from his ministry is when he fell with Bathsheba. That was the only recorded time he didn't go to war. He was a warrior. He was a warrior king. And the one time he didn't go to war was when he fell with Bathsheba. And we have to be careful of that. Are we leaving our calling because we think this is right? That's where lust ensues. That's where uh, bitterness ensues. That's where laziness ensues. That's where you drop your guards more because you feel like you're failing God. I'm just being honest. Like I get attacked spiritually. I go through bouts of depression sometimes because it's like, Lord, I thought I was doing this. Right. I'm just being transparent with you guys. Just so you know that we're human here. Like, and God's working on me here. And, and I can't wait till he's done working on me. And he's going to tell me, well done by the grace of God. 
I pray that that's because, you know, he saved me and he saved my life. But there's moments of depression that, that, that hit, you know, there's times where all of a sudden my attitude would change because I'm like, Lord, I let you down again. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm learning a lot about, Lord, I have to trust that you put me on this path. I have to trust that you did this the right way. I have to trust that ti- your timing is best. I have to trust that, Lord, everything that I say is from you, not from me. Why would I want to say this stuff and be against the grain? It's not about that at all. It's just about his truth. And his truth always stands on its own. Exactly. I don't have to defend him. The only thing I have to do is set, I'm set for the defense of the gospel, right? God's word defends itself. I just have to be faithful to preach it. Oh, by the way, and know it. You can't go out there and preach and not know the word of God. You'll get eaten alive. If you don't know scripture and you're not studying the scriptures, that's on you. The Bible's very clear about being studying and showing yourself approved unto God. So you can rightly divide the word of truth. The Bible's very clear that a natural man doesn't receive the things of the spirit of God because it's spiritually appraised. The Bible's very clear about you uh, knowing the heart of God. Read the book of John, that they might know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. The word know actually means intercourse, to know him intimately. That's on you to do that. So I think it's on us more and more to know him more. And I think what he does more and more is kill the flesh. He's just crucifying your flesh so you can walk more in the spirit. Honestly, that's what I'm kind of learning. And a lot of times that that means submitting and and not necessarily just running free and and doing whatever you want, even if it it seems good to you. You've got to make sure you've got that mandate from the Lord and and the Holy that, Spirit is guiding you, right? Yeah, I hope that ministers no, to somebody. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I hope I hope that people don't look at us like gods or something because we're not. Dude. No. We're just human, but God uses human people to do His will, and I'll I'll be gladly used yeah. for it. So. I'll go next. Go um, for it, dude. One thing that I've especially been learning this week. So I'm I'm done where I was working. It was and I, I was showing a lot of love and ending it, and and that was great. Really? I, yeah. And and it was awesome because it it made me feel like okay, I I held testimony and I I showed a light. I I left the place better than I found it, and that's my hope. Um, but Saturday popped up. And Melissa and I were, were going to a young adults event and I was telling Melissa is it's so odd to me because I felt guilty for not working. Wow. Right. It was like, <laughs> I feel the same and, way. And you I, do, was, dude. I was working through this feeling of I'm feeling guilty for I'm spending right time now. with I my know. family. I it's know. Like, it's like, I'm doing something wrong. I should be working. I, I shouldn't. And, and I realized how much I've, Twisted into this idea of I should always be working in order to prove my value. Dude, I and my totally worth. know what you're saying, and it's funny because one of my young adults had come to me um, last Monday. And he was like, and and during the the service, I had told him, "Look, I feel like somebody's got a word for somebody. If you have that, you need to stand up, encourage, and go give that word." And he had he came to me a little bit after, and he said, "You know, I really felt like I have a word for you." And, and he said, rest. I just feel like I need to tell you, rest. You need to rest. And then there was some mention of resting in the service today. And he came up and was like, see, I told you. You see? <laughs> Are you going to rest? <laughs> and it, That's not how you're supposed to deliver a word, by the way, but no. I'm sure he's young. <laughs> and and it, was, it was good. And it really matched up with what happened on Saturday. Ooh. Was... I've got to retrain myself of knowing that rest is important. And it's a good thing. It's man. a good thing. Like I should not be looking at my life and saying, 
if I'm spending time with my family, if I have a day devoted to spending time with my family, I should not be thinking something's wrong with me. Actually, you should be thinking something's right that God gave you the day. Precisely. Because it's his word that says it. You know what I mean? Take a day of rest. And dude, it's so crazy because I feel it, man. You feel yeah. like worthless if you're not working, if you're not producing, if you're not doing. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's that's really tough because that's that's going to change for me. For so long, I've been working six days a week and just plowing. And then on Sundays, we, <clears throat> we do church. And then a lot of times she and I'll have somebody over and then come out, out here for the podcast, which she asked me, she's, do you feel the podcast is work? Or, no, it wasn't her. It was somebody else. I said, yes and no. I said, it's an obligation in the sense of, I know you I have, have to, to be it? there. Yeah. yeah. Like, but it's not work because I really enjoy it. Yeah, dude. We just it's enjoy it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. No. And, and I think we got to keep doing this as, yeah. a, as a podcast, like take these minutes and tell people like, I want to do more storyline type stuff. Like where we're talking about, you know, the struggles of ministry, but the victories of ministry, like where God has come through so many times for us and God has come through for so many lives and touching people. And I'm seeing him do it more in your life because you're stepping out more and more and more and all these other things. And guys, if you don't know, Mike's probably been the guy that's been with me the most out of this whole journey in a lot of ways, actually pretty much in any way. Uh, so to have him on the team, this, this podcast, our ministry won't succeed with, it, it, this is the Lord too, without God in him, we don't have this, you know, and it's because I, I have obligations, but then he takes over and says, I'll do it, you know, and, and, lets me kind of just be and lets me be me and he can be him and he can be the brains a lot of the times behind the operation here. But to have him on our team, you have no idea the level up we're going as a ministry. You have no idea, bro, how much you're going to add to us and how much you already do add to us. He's the guy that's going to be writing our homeschool curriculums for, I'm, I'm sorry, our constitution uh, curriculums. Um, he's going to help me do uh, church liberated, which is a curriculum for pastors and showing them scripturally and through history that it was pastors and the Lord that changed society not politics and all these things, because that's the brain God gave him. That is the calling God gave him. That's the anointing God gave him. He didn't give it to me. He gave me the, the ability to think about it, talk about it, have the vision for it. And this guy comes behind and just does it all. But then he's going out and speaking on his own. And so you're adding so much to us, dude. So I, I think you deserve rest. I think you deserve, uh, and I'm saying deserve as in man to man, you've done, you, you're, you're well done. You've done well and you've, you've, you've been persevering, you've patient. Uh, you know, was it always perfect? God, no. But you know what? He's perfected you along the way, dude. And I'm honored to serve with you. I'm honored to have you part of this ministry. And dude, this is yours. You own this thing like it's yours because it is yours. This ministry is just as much yours as it is mine, just as much yours as it is Carrie's. You know, and who can forget my wife or who can forget Richard? Who, without him, do we have this cool, <laughs> you know, setup or a <laughs> no woman kidding. like Mariah who sits our Carrie Franklin, who yeah. does all of our social media, who keeps us grounded in our vision, you know, yeah. who makes us not stray. <clears throat> right. Kristen, who sets up all of our videos, our board, who is who's, who, you know, I, I don't want to mention their names, but our board members who are faithful and watching and supporting yeah. our ministry. All of you who support us monthly. I mean, we can't make this happen. Like I get to go out and people see the pictures. I'm like, oh, my God, look at that guy. You let me do that. Yeah. You let us do this. They, they make it possible. Yeah, you guys make it possible <laughs> for us to do this. So when we talk about our struggles, I'm like, I can't believe I remember the first time I got a ten dollar bill. in the mail. It was 2016. It was a $10 bill. And there was a handwritten note in it. And I thought, they sent me the last of what they had, you know, that they believe in us that much that they gave me the last of what they had. And uh, I, I just knew at that point, we were supposed to do ministry, you know, 
and you've been partaking of this and you've been doing it for a long time behind the scenes and now you get to be a part of it and it's just like god opened the door god made the way you know yeah and it's just we're just honored to have you a part of the team bro no i'm honored man thank you so much for the the words man yeah because it and like i've described to you before that finally the gate doors feel like they're opening you know, and how many times have I told you that over the years of like, I just, I feel like a racehorse and the gates have I know, not opened. Man. I you know, know, dude. It's like, it's so exciting that now the gates have opened and at the same time, the Lord's telling me, rest. <laughs> <laughs> Start off right. on the right foot though. Yeah. Because I didn't. Yeah. So when we started self out, there was no rest. No. It was go, go, gun shoot. You know what I mean? And, and that's then, what I'm afraid I'm going to do. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, but I'll make sure like, God put me under some good <laughs> leadership. Yeah. To teach me to rest. Absolutely. I'm going to make sure you do too, but that's just how it <laughs> works, right? So guys, let us know if, if you like the new life lessons segment, be sure to comment, be sure yeah, to share. Comment down below. And, and if we got you a ton have, of these, if you have comments about the whole life lessons segment, something you've learned, something to, we want to read them, play off of what we've done or what we were saying. We want to read them. We want to be a part of it. Any comments? There's just a bunch finish? of comments that, that were like with the segments. Cool. Um, cool. A lot of good stuff. Thank like you guys for participating. Proud of you. Uh, you know, the, the targeting of kids. I mean, it's pretty cool stuff. Like Amen. people were, were totally on board. And um, a lot of those, I love this new segment. Uh, cool. A lot of, you know, thank you for the transparency. Uh, Destiny said, we always, I always learn from your podcast. It helps me to be informed but from a Christian standpoint. Appreciate your ministry. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Allen said, I dislike that they have taken over my birthday month too, but happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday, it's true, brother. man. I, happy birthday, man. I, I mean that, uh, uh, just a lot of cool, uh, look at the, the Noel Martinez, you know, just commenting and hey, affirming, man. you know, uh, Lillian, uh, Vargas commenting, uh, George Martinez commenting, John Garcia commenting. Thank you. Guys. You know, just, there's Thank so many you. people, Jan, Thank you. pastor Jan, you know, commenting. Jan! Just, just love cool it. stuff, man. We got some people that are awesome that are watching and faithful with us. Guys, we love you so much. And we mean that. We really do. It just, you, we're here for you. And it's, it's so rewarding to know that we can help teach and we can give yep. and we can provide to you, right? Yep. Because you provide so much to us. Yeah. By the way, if you guys go on 1776truth.store, 176, I'll, I'll actually drop the link here below, 176, 1776truth. Uh, dot store you guys can find out we have new merch uh, you guys can yeah. order that is amazing we got new tank tops coming out for july 4th i mean just a lot of cool things you guys can support us that way too get yourself a shirt make a statement every time i go into the airport you guys should have seen it <laughs> yesterday when i have these shirts on people stop you they want to yep. know where you got them that's a great shirt or man or you get to encourage people or i get people who boo that's fine you know that's cool fine because they think that they know they don't even know that Che Guevara hated gays and blacks and all that stuff. Like, but they're totally true. It was a murderer. It was a murderer. Yeah, seriously. But you know what? We should probably do that segment again. Yeah. And what we it really need is. To. But next week, my parents are in town. Kind of want to have them kind of sit in here for 10 minutes and kind yeah, of tell their story cool. a little bit. Game but because they came from Mexico, they became citizens and they love America. And my mom and dad are tired of what they're seeing in America, you know? So, uh, guys, again, go to 1776truth.store. Find some stuff. Support our ministry. Go on theselfevidenttruth.com as well. You guys can find out more information about what we're doing, places we're going, because uh, we got a lot to do. August is yep. going to be a busy month for us, yeah, man. we got a lot of stuff coming up. So we love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. Again, see us next week. Should we go to two days a week? We'll oh, never know. We <laughs> hey, man, but look, look, there's a I lot of information out there that, that we got to keep doing. And, you know, what? there's more to say. Yeah. So let's rock and roll. All right, guys. That being said, we will be back here Sunday, 7 p.m. Be sure to tune in. We love you guys. Have a great night.